You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. For more information, find us on Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. So I eat butter raw. You know, so I did that as a prank to my sister when she was little. She lost a bet to me and she had to eat like a uh, half a stick of butter as as punishment. Mm, for that's a little that. too much butter. It, to oh, that's why that was the punishment. Yeah. <laughs> it's because everybody recognizes that that's far too much butter to eat once. There's somewhere between a sliver and a half a stick is the sweet spot. Yeah. And then it's a lot closer to a sliver. Yeah, well, the the butter, it, any fat is a flavor enhancer. So you put that in any food and it takes it makes it better. But when you put it on no food, when you put it on no it food, it's it doesn't. It's not enhancing anything, so it doesn't have a taste. It's just a gross mouthfeel. So that's why you don't eat it by itself. Ever, Same reason you don't drink olive oil by itself. I don't know. I eat butter by itself. That's the, the most disgusting thing. That, yeah, I think it's good for you. It might be, but it doesn't sound like a. Uh, a pleasant way to go. Why not just put it on something? Because bread's not good for you. Well, nothing else is good for it. Put it on meat. Put it on your burger. What if I don't? What if I'm not that hungry? I just need a little snack. And why are you eating butter if you're not? I, hungry? I, I need to be satisfied. I need to have a little bit of butter, and then I'm not as hungry. I eat a little bit of fat instead of having, you know, three oatmeal cream pies. I add a little bit of butter. I'm good. Why don't you take a shot from like that can of Cool Whip and just. Shh, you know, you know why? that in your mouth. You know why? Because there's no nutrients in Cool Whip. <laughs> there's sugar, which would induce more cravings of empty calories. Oh, you know, so they say. Like that, like that BS that you just opened, right? I, that Diet it, Coke. You know, don't, don't you know, how many of those Cokes? But I'm just think, sick of everybody crapping on my diet. You know why? Because they're not good for you. Says who? Says, I don't know. I read. I read. I dentist recommend. I read a, a, a research paper produced by Coca-Cola that said it was fine. <laughs> okay let's get let's get to the decisions right. you want you want, I, I got some decisions that i pulled what off we, reddit yeah what are we doing today that uh i pulled off reddit i'm gonna read you who they who submitted it i'll read you the question and then you provide the answer all right all so right. you're gonna make these people decision for them we're gonna we're gonna change their life and get them on the right track that's exactly what's gonna happen so First one is from my nice account. It says, uh, live together with long commute for both or live separately with short commute for both. Wife is moving to Charlottesville. Uh, Charlottesville, I'm going to Reston. Would you recommend a city or area in the middle that would be a good place to live and commute? Or is it worth it? Seems like we have two options. So the, he's made it easy. He's boiled it down to two options here. Take a place in the middle, commute two hours each for both. Or number two, take two places, one in Charlottesville, one in Reston, Meet up on the weekends. Really, I don't want a second one. Probably more expensive with two rents as well, but wanted some opinions. If you guys had any, thank you. So this one is obvious, right? Uh, to we me, all, we all know what the right decision is. Uh, you want to you want to help this fellow out? Right. So you, you obviously don't move out <laughs> with your wife. You obviously don't get a separate spot. Here's the thing. You, you have a responsibility to your family. This is a this is a counterculture narrative these days. You have a responsibility to the person you committed your life to and the family that you're building. Um, part of that responsibility is to make sure that you're there for them. You can provide for them physically and emotionally. How are you going to do that living three hours away? Well, uh, aside from that, I think it's financially responsible to have two places for your household when you could just share one. So a- apart from all the stuff which you said I agree with, I think it also to to Point number two, 
it seems uh, financially say, wasteful. Sure. If it was more expensive to have one spot, I would say you should still have one spot. Oh, you should have one spot regardless. 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 What are we even... Yeah. Here's the thing. Do you hate your wife, sir? Well, he didn't say in the... Uh, he didn't write that out in, well, in the I'm, text here. I'm curious that there might be some... Maybe maybe spend uh, this drive time together talking and getting to know each other and, and try to rekindle that relationship because I can't imagine considering um, living apart from your wife as a, a realistic option that I mean, you think a, would better your relationship. A temporary move like that is is one thing, but having that be the permanent move that you decided on is completely other thing, and I think that's just right. If you're married, you're married. That's where you got to live together. Find another you job. Are, you can't find one. Yeah. You know, um, reminds me of of my sister and her husband. So they moved to Alaska for her job. Mm-hmm. Moved to Anchorage. Anchorage, Alaska. From yeah. Fort Worth, Texas. Moved to Anchorage. It's about the same. Same kind of thing. This is the same, you yeah. know, culturally, mm-hmm. geographically, mm-hmm. time zone. Fort Worth is a lot like Anchorage, but without the ocean and the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, or the the layers of fur coats that are required to see yeah, in the winter. Okay. So, so they moved to Anchorage, and then a couple of years later, he gets... Um, he gets, you know, his dream job at SpaceX, which is in Brownsville, Texas. Yeah, I see why they put it there. They're not going to hit anything with those rockets out in the middle of nowhere. But no. uh, the downside is it's in the middle of it's, nowhere. It's way down there. Yeah. Way down south. Um, and so they, you know, either nobody wanted to, you know, he didn't want to give up his dream job. She didn't want to give up her dream job, but she made a really commendable decision. And that was to say, Hey, you know what? I have a responsibility, um, to, to my husband and I have a responsibility to be there for them. And, and he was kind enough to move up here with me to Alaska to help me pursue something that was really important to me. I'm going to follow him and, and pursue what's really important to him. Nobody wants to move to Brownsville. <laughs> nobody moves to Brownsville nobody, on purpose. Nobody wants people to only Brownsville. move from Brownsville. But you know what they could have done is tried to th- do something similar to like what this guy is is asking is oh well let's let's do it independent let's do it separate let's well then you're not married anymore. No. you're not together you're not unified you're not a team. So um, sometimes when you have a responsibility uh, there are going to be things that you don't want to do. Uh, there are going to be inconveniences. Maybe you have to live somewhere you don't want to live. Maybe you have to have a little bit longer drive to work than you otherwise would have. But that's what being responsible means. Let's go to the next one. Well, th- this isn't on the, this is a part of this question, but I think it's related. All right. So it, it kind of reminds me about uh, couples that have separate bank accounts and separate their money. You know, and I pay, Ooh. I pay the rent and oh, you pay the, I, you pay the groceries and the I bill. I hate that. It, I never see that go well. I mean, there, it is always so weird when I hear someone who's married talk about her money. Yeah. Or he pays this and I pay that. What yeah. are you doing? Y'all are together. You're sharing a bed. You're sharing a bank account. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably shouldn't be sharing one if you're not sharing the other. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, that's either way. Either way that goes. Either way that goes. You you're sharing both or neither. Okay. Exactly. But if you're married and you are a team and you're making consequential life choices together, there's no such thing as her money. There's no such thing as your money. Mm-hmm. You, you you have our money and that's it. And I know there's there's 
people that disagree and there's, you know, I see some, there's some guy on YouTube, I won't like call him out, but he's some big real estate tycoon who's like, oh, you, you got to have your wife have her own money. You got to have separate money, her money, your money, and our money. That's a horrible idea. As a professional, as someone who gives money advice, as someone who's seen families deal with um, big money decisions, that I don't ever see work out well. Well, I in my my experience is the same as yours, and I you know I've had a lot of discussions with people about their money, and I have seen people that separated out. Uh, there is an aspect of mental accounting and scorekeeping that goes on that you can't escape from. So if if I have an account and you have an account, I'm going to be keeping score, and it's never the the ledger's never going to balance out. Mm-hmm. And there's always that tit for tat. If you did this, I'm going to do that. And it and doesn't. It's not always. They don't always speak that. That's the. No, it's not the thing. You don't. But it's, people don't talk about it. The the thing with this this issue is like a lot of people might be listening right now and thinking, "Well, I do that and it's fun. It's working out." Well, by what measure, right? That's like some. It's like me going to some guy who eats cheeseburgers every damn day and say, "Hey, man, it ain't gonna work out well." And he goes, "I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine." Yeah. Well, by what standard? By the fact that you haven't died yet? Yeah, okay, by that standard, it's good. By the fact, uh, by the standard of we haven't gone through a bitter divorce yet, it's working out. If that's your standard, yeah, maybe the separate bank accounts are working. But as far as achieving the maximum harmony possible in your financial life with your spouse, no, you are not going to achieve that. Well, combining them fosters a, a necessity for a relationship built on trust and responsibility. It forces discussions around prioritization that are important to move forward financially with common goals in the 100 percent, yeah yeah 100 okay i think we're in alignment on this you want to hear the next question yeah all right this is from uh, i can't wait to disagree this from <laughs> uh skittle barrel uh it says we live in purgatory my wife has a multi-million dollar trust fund but my mother-in-law controls it we earn four hundred thousand a year and spend beyond our means what's our next move that's it. That's, that's what we got. That's 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 what you got. We spend. Okay, hold on. I want to make sure I'm getting the facts right. Right. So it's a trust fund. Trust fund. Wife's trust fund. Multi mayor. Mother in law runs it. They're overspending. Let, 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 let me speak it. Four hundred thousand dollars in income. Mm-hmm. They're living past their means. Yes. What do we do about that? Okay. So I want to take this very seriously because some people are listening, thinking that's absurd. How do you have four hundred thousand dollars that you are spending all of? I get that where you're coming from. Um, so you found yourself in a predicament. You're spending more than you're making, even though what you're spending is a, a high figure, you know, to the tune of 10 times the median household income in this country, you're still spending more. What's our next move? Well, you can't presumably do anything about the fact that your mother-in-law is managing this money. That's not something that's within your control. That's built into the trust. Um, That's not something that's within your control. So you can't change that. Um, All you can address are those things that are within your control. You cannot increase the amount of distributions you're getting. You can't magically uh, increase your income from four to 600,000. No matter how hard you work on it, that income isn't going to change. More than than likely, it's, it's not an easy thing to change right is that your point as far as the trust income distribution no the the trust income is fixed that's why the by the trust i I would assume that's every trust i've ever seen is fixed that's what i'm saying is well it could be a percentage distribution but point being it's not something that he can control in any way that's my point so 
all you can control is your spending. Well, for specific advice, I would say that if you have a spending um, a spending problem, which there is a problem here if you're spending more than you're making, there's a it's a big problem if you're spending more than four hundred thousand. Um, here's what you do. Now, some people will say you need to pull out a spreadsheet. You need to line item out every single thing that you're spending money on. You need to budget, and then you need to figure out um, what you're spending too much on and and cut back in that area. I don't think that you need to do that. How many clients of yours do you have that budget? Because I have zero. Uh, I have I have zero with okay, one so, sort of asterisk. On so here's the thing. Yeah. So I, not neither of us have clients that. Uh-uh. The only budget line item that matters is the savings rate required for you to meet those objectives, which you cannot sacrifice. Right. That was the asterisk. That put, <laughs> that's so the one. Those are the things. I want to repeat that again. The, the only line item in your budget that matters is how much do I have to set aside? How much do I have to save so that I can do all of the things that I am unwilling to not do? All right, right, so that might be I have to retire at 65. For example, I'm just going to make one simple goal so that we can get this conception. I have to retire at 65. I can't not do that. If I work one day past 65, I am going to lose it. Okay, cool. So you're going to do that, and you're going to figure out the math that says I've got to save X percent of my income to get there, and you do that. I don't care how much you spend on dining out. I don't care how much you spend on going to the movies. I don't care if you get a housekeeper or not. As long as you're saving that amount, and you're not going into debt in the process, you're doing great. So where budgeting can help is you can get a awareness, an awareness of where your money is being spent and evaluate that not on, oh, we should or should not be spending on these luxuries, but evaluate it based on whether those spending categories are in alignment with your values. So if you are spending, for example, you're spending what you think might be a high amount on travel and you're you're spending above your means. And you look at that and you go, well, is adventure, is travel, is creating new experiences, is are these things more important than other things in my life? Or is uh, my community more important? Is spending time with my family more important? Maybe there are other things that are more important than the adventure that travel allows you to pursue. Well, in that case, yeah, cutting back on your travel budget makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone that says, I live for the adventure, these travel experiences are the best moments of my life. I, I love, I, I, all year long, I'm counting down to the day that I get to go to Cabo or whatever it is. Well, maybe, maybe that is something that's in alignment with your values and that's okay. There's probably something you're spending on that is not in alignment with your values. Maybe it's the personal trainer that you actually don't go to. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> I agree with all things of that. that aren't, there's money that you're spending that isn't as important to you. Um, cut back on those things. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. You know, in my experience, the the budgetary item that I have people allocate to is needs-based savings, uh, wants or second, and then wishes. And, and and that's it. Everything else flows appropriately and, and should. If you're having a spending issue on that, at this income level, uh, the changes you'd have to make are probably substantive. 
Yeah. Moving the, moving from the premier cable package to the basic cable package is not going to cut not it. Not going to do anything. This is a where you live, where you travel, where you're educated uh, change in life. If if to get that type of spending in line, and in, in my experience, my my take. And what on are those this, categories? I mean, those categories are education, housing, car, travel. It's the yeah, big. It, it's the expenses that have commas in them. Yeah, it's not yeah. the if you're talking about your water bill, uh, at this at, re- at, at really any level, you're 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 missing the point of what can actually move the needle on spending change. Yeah, these these are substantive changes. So the only reason you know, kind of going back to this this person's situation, the only reason somebody sets up a trust is because they don't trust. That's the reason the trust is in place, and there's a reason why they didn't give it to your wife. Uh, it sounds like for good reason. Uh, you guys can't control spending. There's a reason <laughs> the mother-in-law is the uh, is the trustee uh, for a good reason. And basically, dude, live your life based on your income. Uh, get it in, you know, ex- exert some financial self-control and self-discipline. You will be happier as a husband and a father and a man if you do that. Uh, live within your means. Can we can't get any more basic than that? Yeah. Can we condense our advice here to say uh, spend less money, dude? Uh, that's the that's the root of what we just said. Really, I think. That's all. That's actually all you have to do. Yeah. Do uh, you want to hear the next? Uh, I do. You ready for the next one? Yeah. All right. So this is from Ecstatic Craft uh, seventy one ninety two. Can you have opinions on things you haven't seen or done? I don't know if this fits here. <laughs> uh, this will be fun. Uh, I don't know if this fits here. So uh, if there's another place I should ask, let me know. My friends there are, are arguing because I say I can have a basic opinion on movies or activities, even though I haven't seen or done them. He says you cannot. Example, I say I don't like Color Out of Space, a Nicolas Cage movie, based off of what I've seen or heard about the movie. <laughs> oh, man. I just said I would like that movie, so I wouldn't want to watch it. It's not something I'd enjoy. Uh, but he says, Hey, I'm not allowed to have an opinion that I don't like a movie until I've seen it. Uh, I do this often. Uh, it, it seems like a normal thing to me. He told me to ask the internet. So here I am. Okay. On one, I'm going to answer yes and no. Oh, so, okay. So you can, if, if, and this is very important key, you can totally do this if you're trolling. Which is acceptable behavior amongst friends. If you want to troll your friends oh, and say, you think his friends just yeah. jacking with him? If you want to say like, dude, I hate the Beatles. They suck. You go, what? Have you ever listened? You go, nah, don't do it. No, I'm just, no, I, what I hear about them, I don't like them. Yeah, okay. I heard, I heard about them. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Then that's, then, then actually. I, I encourage that. That's yeah. actually so funny. You should totally do that. Yes. If you're being serious and you want to have an intellectual understanding of a world, then you should follow Charlie Munger's advice. So Charlie Munger's iron prescription is, I cannot have an opinion on this topic, and I'm paraphrasing, I cannot have an opinion on this topic until, and only until, I can explain my opponent's point of view better than he can. So if you can explain why the Nicolas Cage movie that you didn't see sucks more than your friend who watched it and loved it, Okay, I, I guess it's going to be hard if you haven't watched it. What's better is to say, I don't have a right to have an opinion because I don't fully understand it. And guess what? You don't have to have an opinion on everything. You do not have to have an opinion on everything. You can say, I don't really want to see it without saying definitively, 
it's a horrible movie. <laughs> but that goes with anything from political ideas to preferences to um to 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 anything. Say, hey, I maybe this new idea would work. Maybe in my business this idea would work. I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to do it because I'm saying it's a bad idea or because it's um it's I definitely don't like it. It just I just don't I just don't want it. I don't want it. Like I I will tell clients often and I, this I stole this straight from you is in order for us to do something it's going to meet three criteria, right? It's going to work because if it doesn't work I'm not going to recommend it to you. It's going to be something that makes sense to you because if it doesn't make sense I'm not going to let you do it and it's going to be something you like. It has to be all three of those. Mm-hmm. It might work and make sense, but for whatever reason you don't like it, that's fine. Now, that does happen sometimes where a client will say, look, I get it. I trust you, Sanger. I know you got my best interests at heart. You wouldn't be telling me to do this if you weren't 100% confident that it was going to work for me. I understand how it works based on how you've explained it, but there's something in me that I just don't like it. We go, okay, that's fine. So I feel like that's this Nicolas Cage movie experience is you can go, hey, you know what? Maybe it's a good movie. Maybe not. I don't know, but I just don't want to watch it. And that's okay. Well, I, I think, you know, this person may be trolling us because clearly if you're making a decision on whether to watch a movie based on the trailers and what you've heard about it, that's discernment based on proper amount of information. You know, if you're saying, gee, I, I, I don't like uh, superhero movies or horror movies. Or, no, you have to watch every or, movie in the world. Yeah. You're, you're telling me I got to watch every movie before I can have an opinion on that movie. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so if you are discerning whether or not you want to engage in some sort of activity based on the the information they've put out, the the trailers, whatever, that's, that's obviously appropriate. So here, here's my follow-up question to this. Can you have an opinion? You know, I hear some people say, well, gee, Sanger, you're not a woman. You can't speak to oh, women's issues. It, yeah. Crap. Yeah. Um, well, it totally depends. Can I explain the position better than the person sitting across from me? So what, what are we talking about, right? Okay. Can I have an opinion on what it must be like to be a woman in the in the, this society? Well, I guess because uh, I am not one, won't be one, haven't been one. Um, can we have an opinion? Can I have an, an opinion on a topic that maybe affects women differently or disproportionately than it affects men? If I can understand and have and you know understand and research and gauge or understand their the opponent's point of view better than than they can describe it and explain it then yeah i i tend to not do that very often i, th- I think it's a weak argument to uh, when somebody's asserting a position to take a position that they shouldn't have an opinion yeah i'm going to exclude uh, broad categories of people right. so then there are fewer dissenting voices that i have to contend with right yeah right. it's not a it, it it's not necessary if your position is well thought out, well articulated. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, have you, you, you finished with that? You, re- like, you ready? Like, oh, what? No, imagine, <laughs> imagine this. Imagine this one. Uh, you can't have an opinion on, on raising rates on rich people. You are not rich. <laughs> hey, hey, what the hell? We don't like that one all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, no, see how that, that the logic see how you like that. completely crumbles yeah. if you apply it to any other different scenario. Right. <laughs> well, no, I, I do think 
that if you're not paying, I actually agree with that. I agree with that. I take it back. I, I, I'm going to go with that. If you're not paying taxes, you should not have an opinion on how tax structure is designed. If you're not paying any taxes, you should not have an opinion on on tax legislation at all. Sit down. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, this is from uh, Stupid Lupid, I, I guess. Uh, should I be a vegetarian? I've, I've been a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for a little less than no, years. You don't even want to hear it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I'm going to read it. Listen, 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 listen. Before you even continue, being a vegetarian, first of all, extraordinarily high likelihood that you're going to have health problems. You're not going to get enough protein. You're going to lose energy. Uh, it's not how your body was designed. Save me the moral argument. Okay, save me the moral argument. We are designed to eat meat. That is foundationally why we evolved as a human species is because we we figured out how to cook meat. And that is why our brains grew in size, which gave us cognitive ability to problem solve, et cetera. So you can continue, but there's virtually nothing that this person could say. You're going to be unswayed by whatever I read after this. The only The only meat... Available to me as New York City rats. Okay, maybe then you can be a vegetarian. But anyway, well, I mean, have it, I mean, you said all that, you know. And I, I'm a vegetarian. But <laughs> that explains I mean, a lot. I mean, I'm not strict about it. I mean, I still eat meat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it it sounds like if somebody's asking that question and it's not health based. Uh, then they're doing it for external motivations. They're not doing it for the right reasons. I, In other words, if if you want to be a vegetarian, you're, you're not just throwing that out to the internet. You are you you've done that based on either health or uh, moral ground choices. You know, what did they okay. say? What did they say? You, now you want to hear yeah, it? I do. All right, here we go. Uh, it started because my roommate said I wouldn't be able to do it. Okay, that's, that's okay. Uh, that okay. Yeah. I, now well, I'm now I'm kind of getting more more. I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards giving it a shot, but keep going. Okay. Also, the guy I was seeing at the time was vegetarian, so it was kind of this is a uh, solidarity thing. Kind of now, wanted, now we're back to I wanted him to pay more it. attention to me. However, I don't talk to either of those people anymore. The main reason I kept it up after cutting them off is because I didn't uh, like thinking about dead animals. However, I really miss eating chicken. I want chicken wings. Not right. not I fake pause. meat. I want the chicken. Pause. This is this yeah. is now we're back to okay. This is why you shouldn't do it. So all of the reasons here are. I want to make sure I get this clear. First, it was my friend said I couldn't do it. Yes. Now hold on. If you stopped there, and this was for a defined period of time, then I would say yes because what is the rule? The rule in our world here is you do anything that your friend says that you can't do. If your friend says you can't do it, that that's a double dog dare. Well, no, that, well, that's, that's basically no, a double if, you, dog dare. if you are a double dog dare, you, you kind of have to. You have to do it, yeah, right? That is true. So uh, you couldn't swim across that frozen pond. Well, watch me. Look, yeah. You're going to have to. Yeah. You couldn't eat that worm. You're going well, to have to. When, but, you, when you look at a decision like this, that it, I'm going to call this a substantial decision because it's a life-changing decision on, on what you're consuming. There's got to be, there's three types of motivation that you'd look at. One is an external motivation, and that would be, hey, you know, I want to, uh, my friend said I couldn't do it. Or an internal motivation, 
or an intrinsic motivation. This is just who I want to be. This is who I want to become. Right. And I think if you're looking at a change that big, it's got to be driven by something more substantive than uh, I'm doing it to impress my boyfriend, which seems kind of shallow. Yeah. All right. Okay. And the next one is bronze by bronze caterpillar. Should I keep the money I found? Okay. I found a purse uh, and it has a driver's license and some bank cards and some money. I'd like to give it back. I could drop it through the uh, the post office and just give it to the, or give it to the police station or something. But I'm really tempted to take the money first. It's not a great deal. Maybe a week's worth of groceries amount. A couple of clues lead me to think they're better off than me to the extent that they may not miss it at all. If I had if I had seen it and been nearby the address, I would have just dropped it off there, um, and then without seeing how much money there was in the wallet. But now I've come home and I've t- and I'm tempted. My options are, as they see it, keep the money or two, keep a finder's fee, they put in quotes, or three, give them everything back. Mm-hmm. So they may be better off. There are a couple of clues they may be better off than me. All right, Robin Hood. So you're going you're gonna to give it back, first of all. Why? It, because it's not yours. This is a, not that hard, um, but we'll break it down because it seems like you're struggling with this issue. What doesn't belong to you does not belong to you. What is not yours is not yours. Okay, we all know this, and you know this, which is why you're asking the internet. You want somebody to justify what you know in your heart and in your mind and in your soul to be an immoral choice. Okay, now it does not matter if they are more well-off than you. And you know this to be true because no one is in favor of people less well-off than them being able to steal from them. That's not something that anyone says is okay. So you wouldn't be comfortable with someone who claimed to be uh, going through more hardships than you, keeping your money if it was in your wallet. Um, so you give it back. Now, there's all sorts of other justification. Well, I would have. I would have done this. You know, Dad, if, if only the situations were exactly right, this person would have done the moral thing. Can you totally. believe it? Well, that sounds exactly like someone with no integrity. So whatever the situations are, you still do the right thing, which in this case means you don't keep the money that doesn't belong to you. Even if the fact that the money is in there makes it more difficult to give it back logistically. Let's say it was gold bars in the purse, and now you've got to pay more in shipping to get it back to its rightful owner, or if you've got to lug it around town with a bad back just to find the house that you think it belongs to, um, then you should still give it back. And maybe even more so, you should give it back. I remember um, working with, uh, I had some some an employee a long time ago who, um, due to a mistake, at our company had to go into his own pocket to um, make things right. So he spent some money to make things right for a client based on a mistake that our company had made. It wasn't a mistake that he, the employee made, but he felt like we as a company made a commitment to do something. We failed on that commitment and he was like, I'm going to make it right. Okay. Went into his own pocket. All right. So I want to be clear. It was not just something that like, Oh, I feel like we should do them a favor. It was, we said we would do this as a company, and then we did. Okay. Got it. So I go to my business partners. I say, hey, you know, just to let you know, we're going to have to pay for this thing that went wrong. And the first question was, well, how much is it? 
Oh, that's not a good question. Not a good question. But what was funny is that in that moment, I realized that it actually did not matter to me because I didn't ask. So I said, I don't know. I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't ask because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And his perspective was, well, it totally matters because if it's, if it's, you know, 50 bucks, then we'll cover it. But if it's 50,000, then, then we can't cover it. Even more the reason you're going to hang exactly your what money I out said. to dry. It's exactly <laughs> what I said. I said, if it's 50,000, then that means we need to wire it <laughs> right now. Yeah. We need to pay it quickly. So whatever you're using to justify, and this is true with a lot of it, questions surrounding integrity, all of the things that your mind might trick you to use as justifications to act without integrity are actually even more of a reason to act with integrity. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, you know, I'd help this person out a little bit. If you just from the legal standpoint, if you, you know, if you're walking through the park and you find money in the middle of the park, there's no way to know whose it is. Uh, finders keepers, right? If you find a wallet that says whose money it is, you find something and it's easy to determine whose it is. And you don't return that, that's actually stealing by by the law. Okay, so let's set that aside. If you are are trying to sort of hold yourself up as some, give yourself moral gold stars by returning the wallet absent the money, uh, good luck. That's not not gonna work. That that doesn't stand up to anybody's uh, definition of moralism. I had this exact thing happen to me Back the last time we went to Napa, we were at uh, we went to a, a a store, and outside the store in the parking lot, there was a woman's wallet. I pick it up, I mean, because it looked like it had just fallen. I mean, it wasn't real run over, it wasn't trash, it was yeah. a nice wallet. So I, I looked at it, opened it up, and there was a driver's license in there, but it was a Mexican national or something like that. So there, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I looked on Facebook. We tried to find this person on the internet. Uh, they were not a resident of the of the town, and it had it had money in it, and so I just took it into the store right in front of where we found it, and I thought, you know, this person in the store, they're going to take the money. <laughs> they're going to they're they're going to take the money, and if this person ever sees their wallet back, it's going to be minus the money, probably, right? But then I thought, you know what? That's on them, though. If they do that, yeah. I did the right thing. This is all I can do. Uh, this person, if they come looking for the wallet, they would, I would go to the store if I were them and see, did anybody turn it in? You know, I'm going to do the, the right thing I can. I'm not going to justify it. And my, well, the clerk's probably going to take the money. So I might as well take the money since I found it. You, you just got to do the right thing and then move on. And sometimes, you know, that little voice sitting on your shoulder saying, you know, do, do the wrong thing. Ignore that voice. Devil in your ear. Ignore it. Uh, those are the, uh, those are the questions. Okay. Right, so what questions are on your mind? The, uh, what's, what decision do you need to make? I don't have any decisions. I do. Well, you got it all you figured gotta, out. You got to throw, you got to throw you got that it all out. Fi- no, you got it all figured out. No preparation. You're going to throw that question at me on what decisions I have to make. I don't have to well, decisions. Um, one decision that you, that I'm glad you made is but- buttoning up that shirt before we started. <laughs> You know, came time. in here, you came in here looking, looking like, like Tom Jones, <laughs> looking like you yeah. came from the nineteen seventies disco. Now, to be fair, it had it had come loose. I didn't. Oh, that's what they all say. What else? Am I I say? Say. 
giving me a hard time. <laughs> All righty. All right, we've made we've made some decisions. We made the world a better place. All right. Look at um, it. Yeah. So you can send in your decisions, and uh, next time we get together, we will answer the questions that are on your mind um, and the minds of Reddit users around the world. You can go to our podcast uh, website, decidedlypodcast.com, and submit your questions. And uh, if they're funny enough, insane enough, or important enough, we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll help you out. You just made a great decision to listen to this episode of Decidedly. Make another great decision and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support. It helps others find our community and defeat bad decision-making in their own lives. For more daily decision-making insights, check us out at decidedlypodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sanger Smith, and this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers who are not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their own opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.